welcome everyone to Films with the Woman in My Life. My name is Brennan, and we have our bonus episode tonight. Haven't had a guest on in a little bit of time. So tonight we have a, well, our first critic on, a Broadcast Film Critic Association member. Uh, he does the website Deepest Dream. I'm sure he'll talk to you a little bit about that. And uh, he is also a fellow podcaster. Please welcome Greg Sirsavosti. Hello, sir. How are you? I am doing well, Greg. Thank you for being on. I know uh, we've had hectic schedules, but it's good to finally yes. talk to you. This is the first time... I have ever been interviewed, actually. You, I've been interviewing people. Yeah, you've been, I've been interviewing, interviewing people, people your whole life, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, since 1991. So this is the first time anyone has actually asked me questions. So this is a this is a weird moment for me. Well, it's so. good because we've, I mean, we've had a couple of guests on, all filmmakers or actors and, and some writers, but you are the first professional critic, uh, I guess you could say, oh, on the show. So very good. Um, very good. your career is, as you just said, you've been interviewing people for a long time. How did you start out in your career and talk a little about about you know how you came to where you are now. Well, first, I mean, first of all, Brandon, are you were you ever starstruck as a kid when you saw a celebrity? I don't know if you've ever bumped into an actor or. A I director. lived in uh, Maine most of my life, so I, I re- very rarely ran to anyone f- famous. So um, I'm sure I would be, oh. but uh, it's not a f- okay. You not familiar not with thing. Firsthand, pers- firsthand. Well, here's a here, here, well here's the thing. I I've always loved movies since I was a kid. When we moved to Minnesota, I lived in Edina, Minnesota. Mm. Uh, when I was a kid, when I was around seven or eight, and I know this is a long-winded answer, but I, I, I even as a kid, I not only did I love movies, I loved stars, I loved actors, right. and I, my you know I was starstruck. And the first I remember, literally the the first time I saw a celebrity was I saw David Doyle. I don't know who if you know who David Doyle is. He was the late David Doyle. He played Bosley in Charlie's oh, Angels, the, like TV the TV series. show, the original. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a little not, before not my time, TV, but... <laughs> way before your time. Back in the day. So I saw him at a parade. And I vividly remember in Edina, Minnesota, seeing him and just being... Just I, I couldn't I could yeah I'm like right now I'm, I'm starstruck so and <laughs> right. and that feeling that feeling of wanting to meet the stars was a, w- coincided with my love for film so anyways cut to you, my days at UCLA I ended up interning for the UCLA Daily Bruin oh when did you I, uh, graduate I, one of our co-hosts is a I, UCLA alum oh get out of here okay so well she was pro- uh, she or he she was probably. Uh, yeah, she was probably wasn't, wasn't even born. I graduated in 1993. I interned oh. starting in 1991. Oh, so she's, so our, she's our older co-host. She's a, I think she's an 86 or 87 grad. So oh, that's great. Yeah. Oh, awesome, oh, awesome. Yeah. So she will know. She will definitely know the Daily Bruin. And I I became a film critic and film columnist there. And like you, I I just started interviewing people uh, for for press junkets. And then eventually, so that's how essentially I became a film film reviewer and film interviewer so I'd, I'd also i'd review the film and i'd also like one of my first interviews was robert downey jr for chaplin mm-hmm. i would review the movie for the daily bruin and i interviewed downey jr uh for a phone interview so that's 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 my little humble start to the whole thing <laughs> and now he's so. a huge star so it's pretty sweet so <laughs> yes yes and uh so yeah. do you have a like a favorite story throughout your years of interviewing people i know they probably just too many to count but is there anyone you, you particularly sticks out well, this is, I don't know, this is, uh, this is a, I don't know if it, it sounds really, uh, sexist in, in our climate today, but, uh, you're, you know, you're, um, your, your podcast about the women in my life, right? Mm-hmm. You, you're talking about film with, with the women in your life. Well, I remember, and you have to think through the lens of, of a 20 something year old journalist, right? right? Radio producer. I, I got to interview Salma Hayek. Oh, I, wow. 
Yeah, so what happened was I saw Des- I saw Desperado at the Sony Studios in Culver City, mm-hmm. and I was really blown away by um, you know how beautiful she was, yes. and I was so <laughs> excited because I was going to be at a roundtable to to interview her. I went to the Four Seasons Hotel. Mm-hmm. I was I was in in the uh, elevator by myself. <laughs> the elevator opened up on the second floor, and in walks Salma Hayek. Oh. Uh, at at that moment, the most beautiful woman I'd ever seen in my life. So and it was, I was 95, 94, something like that? Yeah, yeah. whenever Desperado was was released. And I, yeah, by then I had my feet wet as, a, as an interviewer. So I said, I I remember extending my hand saying, hi, Selma, I'm Greg uh, Srizavasti. I'll, I'll be interviewing you in, in about an hour. And she looked at me and she covered her face and she said, don't, don't look at me right now because I haven't even made myself up. Oh. <laughs> and and she, I was I was still a while. I didn't want to say, oh, well, you're the, you're the most beautiful person I've ever seen in my life physically. I, I never said that. I, and then I go, oh, okay, sure. No, no problem. Yeah, right. you, you're fine. And then, and then so essentially she left the elevator and I went um, – I remember going to the room and tell, telling people about the story, the fellow journalist, and this is what's cool is when she when her time came up to, to actually walk into the room to start the interview, mm-hmm. this is the only time this has happened. She walks into the room. You could hear literally a pin drop. It, it, right. Dead silence. There's a, just a moment where there's just... You can't even hear crickets. You, there's dead air, dead, and you know, as as uh, you you as an audio guy, you, dead air is horrible, right? So, oh yeah, she's, yeah, 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 no, no, she, you gotta get it moving. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll put it. But she she just walked in and she looked even more beautiful than I had ever than I had seen her in the elevator because the, the elevator more natural look. Now she was just made up and glamorous, and she <laughs> was doing this all for radio. That she oh, was my just God. doing. It wasn't even a television day. She was doing it for print. She was and aware radio. of this, right? <laughs> or she thought she was she going was, on. You know, she's she's always struck me as one of the smartest people I've ever interviewed. So mm. she was even at probably at that age, maybe she was in her mid to late twenties. She was really aware of her surroundings. So and and the power she had mm-hmm. over people. But anyways, uh, you know, I ended up ended up uh, interviewing her over the years, and kudos to her. She's she's such a great artist and. And uh, filmmaker and and all that stuff. So yeah, that's my my most memorable story oh, yes. from my youth. And yeah. do you still uh, interview uh, celebrities today? I know you also have you know the podcast. You have um, uh, a yes. website you run. Uh, are you still yes. interviewing people actively today? Yeah, you know what? I I literally could be doing that, but I can't because. Uh, being I'm 48 now, so a lot of my day to day job is to take care. Of of my niece, oh. so I take care of my niece throughout the day, and when she's sleeping or when she's at school, I'm working on the websites. Mm-hmm. But to answer your question, I still interview people via like this, uh, just via phone, via mm-hmm. via phone. I do phone interviews, but this year I plan on on getting on the field a little bit more on the weekends, just to you know, just to, you know, because first of all, I want to give more material to. The, the community of cinematics yes the podcast I do as you know with Anderson I want to have it more value added for the for our patreon members the members of our Facebook group just our, our whole movie community I want to build out that community um, I don't know why I want to build out I just want to just I just want to be more social this year and there's really no end goal like mm-hmm. make money from everybody or not none of that none of that not a lot of money in podcasting as I'm sure you right know. <laughs> right yeah yeah not a lot of money it's like as you know you, we're, we're all doing it for the love of, right. of cinema. So, yeah, so that's that's it. I still do interviews inter- intermittently, like maybe two or 
two to three inter- phone interviews a week oh, okay. with uh, actors and filmmakers. So I'm still in the game. Still pretty active. I'm still in the game. Yeah, and uh, still pretty active. Anderson, as uh, as you mentioned, he was on a show prior. Uh, for listeners who want to go back and listen, Anderson Cowan, he directed a film, Groupers, this year. Him and Greg host a podcast, uh, Cinematics. I will put that in the show notes for you guys. So if you want to go check out their stuff afterwards, you can. And uh, Greg, you say you run a couple websites right now. What, uh, what are those sites and what's some of the stuff you're working on there? Well, well, yeah. But one, one of the first sites is called findyourscene.com. It's basically an inactive website, but I'm going to turn that in. This is the year where I do everything. I'm, I'm going to turn that into year. a life. <laughs> this is the year. 2020, right? 2020 is the year for me, for you, for for the your podcast team. It's a year for all of us. So, but that's a, that's going to be a travel lifestyle music site okay. that I'm trying to trying to get up. It's called findyourscene.com, and then the other one is deepestdream.com, mm-hmm. and that's where I'm going to be doing a lot more uh, TV and and especially. Film reviews and uh, you know not not just movie reviews but movie interviews. So just basically those two sites. But lately, within I've had a couple of weeks off. I've been really working on on building up just um, our cinematics community. And then mm. I'm and then this year I'm just going to be working really hard on both websites. So I want to be a, a little a little a little uh, little media mogul in my little small neck of the woods and make enough scratch to you know <laughs> Keep talking to about eat beans love. yeah 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 talk about what i love yeah and uh before we move on because you are a critic and we like to talk about uh with some of our guests the favorite movies of the year favorite movies of all time uh there's a lot of people on i think who listen who are aspiring filmmakers or writers or actors and i'm wait I'm, wait wait a second before sorry oh yes. wait are you an aspiring filmmaker or, or have you always wanted uh, to do i dabble i dabble I want... in the writing and uh make some make some okay. short stuff here or there Not Nothing, nothing the world's seen yet, but we'll, we'll get oh. there. I'm, I'm, in, okay, that- I'm fortunate to still be young enough to, 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 to mess around and have a full-time job on the side to sustain, oh, sustain life. So, um, But this is your big dream, right? Podcasting and, and filmmaking. Not you know, I really do love, almost. I love being on the mic. The, the podcasting is really good. And um, if I can also make a film on the side and, and have it be out there, even if it's just a short one. You know, that's, okay. yeah, it's an end goal. And I know other people who have t- I've talked to who listen to this show. And I know I talked to some of the people in your community on the show you do and the show Anderson does and all those. Um, you know, there's f- aspiring filmmakers, actors, writers. But uh, for the Critics Association, what kind of steps did you have to go through to be in the association? Is there uh, year prerequisites? Is there some membership dues? Right. What's some of the, ba- yeah. the base minutia of that before we get into the fun stuff? Okay, before the, the the base professional stuff. Okay, so the professional stuff is what you're talking about is the BFCA, the Broadcast Film Critics Association, yes. that is also known. That every year they host the Critics Choice Awards, which I actually went to the first couple of Critics Choice Awards. I don't know when. You know what? I'm trying to remember when it actually was established. But I'm one of the. I'm not a founding member, but I'm one of the. I'm the first. I was one of the first critics to be on that list. Oh, nice. Now I. Now, a little brass tacks here. When I graduated UCLA, I interned for this journalist named Joey Berlin. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I, I I wrote movie reviews. I did I did uh, I didn't do DVD reviews. I did VHS reviews for him <laughs> back in <laughs> back in ninety three. Right. Yeah, I remember he he give Joey Berlin would give me maybe twenty to twenty five DVDs that I'd take home, mm-hmm. and I'd I'd actually have to. You'd appreciate this. I'd have to do radio reviews of each movie or or do copy radio copy mm-hmm. uh, uh reviews and then also pull 
pull audio clips from these DVDs. So I had to actually, oh, wow. I had to actually use some kind of splitter into my analog machine. Mid nineties technology. I can't imagine mid <laughs> real to real stuff. Yeah. Mid, yeah. Mid early to mid nineties technology. So yeah, I did VHS reviews for Joey Berlin. Joey Berlin ended up being the creator of the critics choice awards. And then I worked, I interned with him for about a year mm-hmm. and then I got a job as a radio producer with E entertainment and Westwood One. Yes. E Entertainment and Westwood One, they con- they collaborated and they formed a radio syn- syndicate, a radio prep service called mm-hmm. E Entertainment Radio. And I was the producer of E Entertainment Radio. And this is something I've, I haven't even talked about on cinematics. So sure. I mean, we've been out, yeah, but so this is your so time. You, this is your time to talk about, you, you guys talk are, about you, your history. You, yeah, you guys are yeah, you guys are getting the scoop. So I, I and I worked as a I worked as at E for a while at the E building at the old E building, and I was a producer of the E Entertainment Radio. And I'd go on the field, do interviews with the celebrities and filmmakers, and then write up a show, a daily show. It was it, no weekends; it was all mm-hmm. movies all the time, and that was for much of the '90s to the early aughts. Wow! So, so it's, yeah, it was a little bit of being at the right place at the right time, and just putting putting your nose down and and doing doing the work, which back then. It sounds much more difficult audio-wise than it is today, oh, where my anyone goodness, can right? hop on a mic. I say if like, if I had to do this 20 years ago, I don't know if I would, I'd would. i be able to muster up the, the time and effort and energy to do all of it. But no, that's... Um, can you, oh, go ahead. Can you, imagine, can you imagine splicing tape on a reel-to-reel? Oh, my God. And just... Could never. Could never. <laughs> I, I, it's hard enough to, to convert MP3s and have to get a little software to do that for me at two clicks. It's... Uh, no, I can't imagine. But uh, so we'll move on to the the more the more fun stuff now. Now you guys talk about you know the films that came out this year. I listened to right. the one show, and I I kind of have a uh, idea of your taste. Top top oh. three. What is my taste, bro? What is your what taste? Is my taste? Oh, atmos- Why don't you tell atmospheric me? Atmospheric films. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Ones that have like a distinct uh, history and like past to them, textured. Uh, I know these are kind Ooh. of vague words, but um, I feel like uh, the movies that I know that you are fond of so far this year have all those things in common. Um, I also know you're you're a bit of a kinder grader than than your co-host there. Um, as as <laughs> am I on the show. I actually I keep track of all the stats. I think I of all our co-hosts give the most passes to movies i give the most recommends <laughs> maybe it's because we we love them so much but a lot of my right. co-hosts hover in like the 60 percent approval and i'm i'm in the mid 70s i'm like oh, i'll give it a pass it's not that bad but um so what, what's some of the stuff you've seen this year that's top of your list right now top three four five whatever you feel comfortable sharing I, yeah i th- i think you, you and i like our misfit toys i think that's what happens we i think so we give a little <laughs> bit yeah we yeah misfit toys and we, we we don't put them on an island we actually bring them home with us but yeah you know i've, I've said this on on the podcast ad nauseum but but excuse me, but yeah, Midsomar, mm-hmm. um, Manos, and you know what? I really, I really loved, and it's getting critical acclaim. But I'm surprised it hasn't been roundly loved mm-hmm. as it should have been. Is Greta Gerwig's Little Women, which was oh, okay, a nonlinear take on obviously a classic novel. I mm-hmm. thought she did an amazing job, and it was a resonant film. It made me tear a couple moments and I thought everyone was excellent. I Did you see it, Brennan? Did you uh, see it? It's uh. funny you say that. I was thinking of avoiding that because the trailer looked a little painful for me. I'm going to be honest. It did not look like my cup of tea, but right. I, I also haven't heard anyone who has seen it yet because other people, oh. I mean, usually I'm the ones telling people to, to go see things. So, But it's a, it's a, a top of your list because it's still in a couple theaters near me and I have the oh. one of those passes to, to go three times a week oh, right. kind of thing. So, if you're saying it's worth the worth the shot, I will take it. 
I think it's first of all, if you like Florence Pugh, she's excellent in this movie. Oh yeah, and and you know, if this is not a, a normal period drama, she. Greta Gerwig, she actually just jumbles up the whole thing mm-hmm. in a nonlinear fashion and makes it very interesting. In my point, that that said, that said, you were you were actually a little bit worried or maybe uh, didn't want to see it. Maybe uh, something about the trailer rubbed me wrong yeah. way. It looked a little um, a little corny and right. and um, what's ham fisted? Uh, ham fisted. Oh, good one. I'm gonna yeah. steal that word. I'm gonna steal. I've never used ham fisted. Very really? good. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm writing this down in my notebook. Ham fisted. <laughs> Uh, I'm not gonna. Qu- I'm not gonna even credit you. I'm just gonna oh, use it on one of my reviews. A, See, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a thief. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Uh, yeah. So look, look. I'm telling you, you're either gonna really love Little Women, or you're going to just go lukewarm. My my mom saw it. I was so excited. Mm-hmm. I because I get screeners at the end of the year. I I got the screener. I t- I took it out from my PS4 and I said, Mom, we've got to see this right now. We got to see this right now. She started watching f- ten minutes of Little Women, and she absolutely hated it. So, oh no! <laughs> there is going to be a crowd who, who really do not like the execution of Little Women. There's. I, I was reading in our group on the Cinematics group uh, today that uh, someone saw it, and he he just said he said the same thing. He just did not click with him. So is that, it similar so basically, to any of other, uh, like because she did Lady Bird a couple years ago, which I quite enjoyed that. And then Frances Ha, right. I think she wrote that with Noah Baumbach. I, I think. Yes. Is it similar yes. in tone to any of those? Because I do enjoy both those movies, but uh, this one didn't, didn't look like it was my cup. Yeah, no, you know what? It's not, it's not, it's not, it wouldn't be probably your cup, but if you don't like that, Genre, the sense and sensibility genre, mm-hmm. the Jane Eyre, the, the the Jane Austen, Jane Eyre. Well, Jane Eyre is a whole different movie. That's that's an awesome sure. story. But that that whole uh, that whole uh, that, that's that's a little bit mysterious and scary. But um, if you don't if you don't like that that genre, I would still say give Little Women a chance because you could see how Gerwig actually tries to na- to frame um, frame the film in a mm-hmm. in a new light. So maybe you as a filmmaker yourself. Um, it might be it might be an interesting watch to see how someone handles age old material, even if you don't like it. I'll have to give it a try because I yeah I, I needed I, all I needed was a nudge in one direction or the other. I was just I was kind of sitting on it, and I'm probably gonna go see Uncut Gems again because that that really knocked my socks off. But um, uh, yes, the other so the other two movies talked about Midsummer. That's actually one of the episodes we did. We did a review on that earlier this year. We all loved it. Everyone on the show. It's in my top. Five probably for the year again. Florence wow. Pugh again, fantastic. Yes. Uh, I don't. So how did you feel about his first film, uh, Hereditary? Did you see that one? Yeah, you know, Hered- you, look, Ari Aster to me. Everyone talks about him being the next Kubrick. Obviously, everyone says Denis Villeneuve Wave from Blade Runner twenty forty nine is the next Kubrick. There's they're anointing all these young film these mm-hmm. these young filmmakers and talented filmmakers. But I think Ari Aster. I think it, the sky's the limit. I think he's going to be the next he's going to be one of the next great filmmakers of our time like Denny Villeneuve I think I, I think he's making those level and Nolan I mean he's I think he's just a step right. below Nolan right now so what do I think of Hereditary I thought the first I'm not a huge horror fan I don't even have Shudder no that's so, not, and, it's not my bag either that's why I'm surprised I like it so much I mean we have one right. one co-host on our show is a big horror fan she is but everyone oh, else great. is like pretty lukewarm on it as a genre I I might be the most cynical calling it all formulaic and pop out but there's been some good horror <laughs> movies this year so i can't fully say that well you know what the great thing you asked about hereditary i think ari aster is such a genius as a filmmaker that even if you don't like horror a you're gonna really love the immersive experience of hereditary it is immersive Her- that is the word immersive yeah it's scary it's scary as 
as AF, mm-hmm. right? And you also, are allowed to curse on our show, but I know you guys don't curse on your other show, so it's up to you. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'm a I'm a horrible I'm a horrible non cursor. I'm I, I put stars and asterisks whenever I spell <laughs> F star star K uh, C K. So whatever you like, <laughs> whatever. I'm, I'm weird like that. I have that weird uh, thing, but no, but. Hereditary was uh, one of my favorites the year it was released. And it's one of those movies that could actually make a viewer want to watch more horror films because then you realize, oh, horror movies, they're not just a bunch of uh, zombies attacking a mall and eating people in their <laughs> flesh. There's literally a context and a subculture within the horror. So these types of movies that Astor is making makes us realize that there's more than the blood and guts and gore to horror. There's there's something even more scary, which is the human condition. So, yeah. It's it's one of my favorite movies of the year. And it's in the same token of, like, what do they call it? The elevated horror genre. I, I, I'm assuming you've seen, right. uh, what was it, Lighthouse that came out earlier this year, the black and white Robert, uh, Robert Eggers film. Anderson told me that I still haven't seen it. He said oh. if I saw it, he said if I saw it, it he thinks it, it might be my top two or three film of the year. I think it probably be okay. in your top five, honestly. <laughs> really? <laughs> it's, okay. it's, it, I mean, it's in that family of, of that new, the new, because The Witch, another different type of horror film, I should say. Because, like, when I think of horror, I think of the formulaic, uh, I call them the, the fart jokes of the horror, mo- or the horror genre is the jump scare. It's just like, oh, it, it startles you in your seat, but that's not a scare. I called that a startle, and it's just not, it's, it's not, a true like like a midsummer where it's like a deep psychological horror, uh, but no lighthouse. Right. Um, we talked about that one too, but that's I think that one would be up your alley. Oh, so not too many ju- not too many cheats in the lighthouse as far no, as no lighthouse much more psychological and by the end it's it's somewhat ambiguous, but I think you kind of have an idea of what you're doing. I have to go back and see it a second time because when I left, I was. It's one you have to stew on because it's oof, it is there's a lot going on. But the two the two leads, uh, Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe, is peak peak them. Willem's been great for years, but but Robert Pattinson he's he's had a, a renaissance in the past couple of years. I think he's he's this is one of his best too. Well, Anderson also said he really hated the ending. Did you? I'm I'm thinking you might have loved the ending with the way uh, this movie is. With I like yeah, as it goes, I like it more. the The beginning is a little like too day in the life for me and it's it's a gross movie too it's a very gross movie until there's like a midpoint where they start having conversations and arguing with each other and then from then on out it becomes kind of a psycho trip which i actually enjoy i, I don't mind the ambiguous ending um and we, we had a very lengthy and argumentative discussion on it i think it's a it's a thought-provoking film and i i, I haven't seen the witch i have to go back and see the witch i know that's that's wrong of me to to, to, to <laughs> crown him such a up there with Ari Aster, but no, it's 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 worth it. It's worth the time. Well, you were at you were we're, we're talking about favorite films here, films that I you think I love, which is atmospheric. Mm-hmm. So my my all time favorite film, just and it's based on nostalgia, mm-hmm. and it's influenced me even to this day is Alfred Hitchcock's Vertigo. Oh, okay. And, and um, you know, if you look at it today, maybe some of it may seem dated or whatnot, but it's still sure. to me, again, to off-use phrase, immersive cinema. It the first time I'm seeing it, it's maybe I'm a ten or eleven year old kid mm-hmm. seeing Kim Novak basically do a little bit of a turnabout on James Stewart's character and right. seeing Stewart's character obsess over this over this dead woman via the visual compositions and store and and the Bernard Herman score of mm-hmm. the visual compositions by Hitchcock and the score by Bernard Herman that's when i realized like a movie could be more 
than just an A to B plot driven acting exposition thing. It could be an actual experience. It could right. be a surreal, erotic, sensual, maddening. You could have all of these emotions without people, without talking heads, <laughs> without talking heads. You <laughs> sure. know, so no, that's why it still stays. Yeah, that's that's you know, it's for me. I mean, when you go back that far, it's it's tougher for me because you know, I I came out when you know mid. You know, mid '90s when I started watching anything, and then you know by the time it's right. contemporary, there are things I go back. Like I still love like Billy Wilder films are really good. Right. Um, what's oh what's his name? Is uh, he did Moonstruck? But he did a bunch of older stuff. Um, Norman know, Jewison. Ju- Norman Jewison. That's the man. He, yes. he, some of his yes. stuff. Uh, Heat of the Night. Oh, it's excellent. Um, but yeah, I, I, may I suggest? May I suggest to you if you have not already seen it? I believe it's on Amazon Prime Video. The Cincinnati Kid. I have directed. seen The Cincinnati Kid just recently, actually, just probably a couple weeks ago. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, did oh. you review it on the podcast or did you talk about I it? I did not. Did we just... typically review contemporary stuff and some – we go a little bit far back, but like we, I don't think we've gone before the 80s yet. I might, I have to really wow. convince some of my co-hosts to, to – stomach. one wow. of my co-hosts, I told her to review classic cinema and she's like, you mean from 2001? I'm like, and she did not mean a space odyssey. She meant the year. Um, so <laughs> you know what? I don't. I don't scoff at that. I don't, when I was a kid, I used to scoff at that. Now at 48, I go. Everyone has their own taste, and that's neither good. That's neither here nor there to me. As long as you love your film, as long as you love movies, I, you're good with me. You know that. That's my. That's my, that's my camp now. You know, maybe you can, one day I'll, I'll open my heart a little more to to, to, to your way of thinking. <laughs> maybe, maybe, <laughs> that that would be nice. I think that's a much better way to live. Um, I'll let us wrap up here. Oh, quick on Monos, um, another one that hasn't gone up here yet, so I haven't had a chance to see it. Um, but oh, right. it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic because it, it's you know it's set in the jungles of Colombia and it centers on this teacher who is kidnapped by these these terrorists. These terrorists are are, are kids, mm-hmm. and they're tasked with basically taking care of her and holding her hostage because eventually she's going to be ransomed for something bigger. So mm-hmm. that's essentially the the bare bone story of Monos. But the reason why I liked it is it's, again, I'm not going to use that word that we've been going to immersive. I'm gonna, it's, it's visceral. It, mm. How about that? Visceral? Visceral cinema. It's al- directed by and written by Alejandro Landes. And, okay. you know, a lot of people might really not like it because some people have their taste. Some people don't like watching subtitles right mm. so maybe an exception every year is people will have to see parasite because it's considered the best film of the year whether or not it is that's a point of contention but sure. it's that's a sub that's a subtitle film but i put monos in the same ca- category wherein it might be a little bit of a hassle to read the subtitles for people who do not like foreign cinema but it is such it's an action film essentially and it's it's a lot of the images will literally blow you away they're they're living in the jungle you could feel you could feel the sweat and the mosquitoes and the mm-hmm. blood everywhere so it's just it's like feeling like you're you're being dropped in a jungle and for close to 2 hours you're you can't breathe you that's, know it's that's it's the really, experience i'm looking for that sounds that sounds fantastic uh, yeah no no it's it's an amazing it's an amazing film again I, I, there are people who are detractors of monos, but I think sure. it's it's one of my favorites this year. I, I can't wait to hear what you think of uh, monos. What's what's uh, what's your favorite movie? Like, I'm well, gonna throw it back you, to you. I'm you curious. actually mentioned it uh, earlier. I mean, it's a tight race right now. There's a couple up there. Midsummer's in top three. Um, a parasite knocked me away. Not blue, yeah. and I've seen most. Not most. I've seen a good amount of Bong Joon Ho's uh, filmography, but th- yes. oh, this is. When people were calling it his masterpiece, I thought I was like, "Oh, there's no way it's gonna be." And I went in and saw it. I'm like, "Oh, 
it, it just it, it was started as a great movie and then it became an excellent movie by by the right. the third act which I know we've we did it on our show but I don't want to spoil that for anyone who has any interest because it's just I knew so little going in and I think that's just the best way to go in but yeah um oh parasite really just blew me away this year there's a couple you others know, that are in contention right. but that's it's unlikely it'll dethrone parasite <laughs> in all fairness as much as all as much as I really love parasite mm-hmm. I I still have a I still have a weakness for Mother. The 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 reveal uh, at the, okay. towards the end of Mother just obviously a lot of people will say Parasite's a better film, but I yeah you know the it's, argument it's, it's, that's the thing that he has so many really excellent like I'm trying to think of his worst film and I think it would still be like a B or a B plus for me like yeah of Okja, what I've seen Okja, I, yeah Okja is what I was thinking of yeah I was like Okja is like yeah. good but it's like anyone else it could be their best film but like you know he's he's up there he's he's one of our best working today in my opinion but. and i'm sure you've said this on your podcast your all-time favorite film what, what comes to your head oh yeah i think i've said it i think i've said it like once before and maybe one of these um interview ones but it's like a kind of a 1a 1b between tarantino's third film jackie brown very underrated oh. film um, very cool it's uh, I, I i couldn't gush enough about it and then the uh, david lynch's mulholland drive and those two, oh. those two, very different films. Um, I guess the only thing they have in common is their length, but uh, and somewhat slowness. But oh no, I really do enjoy. I enjoy Jackie Brown for the characters in the story. I enjoy Mulholland Drive for the soapy soap opera y dream that it is. So, um, yeah, wow. it's odd stuff. Wow, Mulholland, Ma- Ma- and then uh, yeah, it's pretty not not bad. And, and Jackie Mulholland, by the way, I. Uh, I interviewed David Lynch for not Mulholland, but I I remember actually being when when they said that that word at the end. I go, what the heck is this movie about? But I was still blown away. <laughs> right. But I remember for his movie Inland Empire. Inland that Empire. That movie I, is very hard to watch. <laughs> very in every exactly. sense of the word. It's in um, every sense of the word. Yes, yes, yes. I I interviewed Lynch and and uh, Laura Dern. They okay. were interviewed them together. And what's so funny is I interviewed them when I was working at E Entertainment right mm-hmm. across the street. David Lynch demanded that we do the press junket at a pie shop. Of course he did. Marie, Cal- <laughs> Marie Callender's pie shop. And so we just did we just they set up shop uh, right across the street at Marie Callender's pie shop. I'd interviewed Lynch and, and during there. And then lastly regarding Jackie Brown, not a Quentin Tarantino story, but mm-hmm. I've said this maybe a couple of times, but Elmore Leonard, I yes. was I was able to actually have a one-on-one with Elmore Leonard while he was promoting his book, Tishamongo Blues, Tishamongo Blues. Mm. And one of the cool things is I think they called, Elmore Leonard used to be called Dutch, sat in his hotel room before the interview starts, he's smoking a cigar, and I go, wow, that's that smells really good. And mm. I think I said something like that, and he says, <laughs> you want one? And we ended up smoking a cigar, throughout oh, the, smoking cigars throughout the interview. That is beautiful. So, that is... You picked, yeah. you picked the right line of work. It, it sounds fantastic. <laughs> yeah, well, you're right there, man. Just keep keep doing the stuff with the podcast, and uh, you know that's how it goes. You know, that's it's it's a it's fun interviewing people. It's it's really great. Like like as you know, you're you're mm-hmm. interviewing people yourself. So oh no, it's yeah. really fun to learn about all the different types of people in this in this crazy crazy bi- uh, film business. But um, uh, I'll, I'll I'll we've run a little long. I'll let you go here. If you, people want to reach out to you for any inquiries, I know you're trying to get get more social this year. Where's the best place to Yes. yes, I'm trying to leave the house this year. But yeah, well, my website is deepestdream.com. I am going to do a lot more movie stuff on that site. Uh, it's been dormant a little bit, but I'm going to work harder on that. And of course, the show I do with Anderson, the podcast Cinematics, which is like you're doing, we're growing our movie community. So uh, Cinematics. So you can subscribe, subscribe to that. I and, will put, and by uh, the way, oh, yes. 
But by the way, uh, your your podcast was interesting too. I like the the your take on it. It's a, just an interesting take because oh. there's so many movie podcasts out there. It's like you have a really interesting dynamic. I was listening to your show, so thank you. It's a different take, yeah. Oh, we, we, it's a saturated market of forgive me, but just middle-aged white men kind of talking about the same old thing. And I was like, well, I have a lot of women friends and family and, and my girlfriend who, who want to talk about stuff. I thought uh, it'd be a, a different type. Of, and they're all, I don't know which one you heard, but they're all very different in what they like and yeah. what they what they know. Uh, one of my co-hosts has lived in um, northern Delaware her entire life and didn't know who Rocky was at all until wow. we did the show. I'm like, that's cool. Oh, it's very, very odd. She's, it's, 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 it's almost <laughs> maddening, but um, all right, I'll, I'll put all the uh, yeah, uh, cinematic steepest stream in the show notes, so you guys listening yeah. can go check out Greg's stuff. Uh, definitely worth a read or listen. Uh, and I think that's gonna wrap up for us for today. Uh, if you guys want to reach out to me, the best place to do so is Brennan underscore Pod Host on Instagram. That's where I'm. That's the most active social media I think I have. So, uh, Greg, thank you again for being on the show. Thank you for having me, Brennan. And you have to be more social this year too. So both of us will yes. we will increase the numbers of our respective podcasts and our community, right? Oh, we should we should both continue to reach out and and attempt to yes make contact with the outside world. Um, <laughs> Thank you for having me, man. Thanks, Greg. Until next time, this is Brennan signing off, saying thanks for listening and enjoy your movies. Thanks for listening to Films with the Women in My Life. If you enjoyed being a listener in our life, subscribe to us on iTunes. Please leave a review as it helps more people find the show. Like us on Facebook at Films with the Women in My Life. Follow us on Twitter at Films Women Pod. And check out our website, filmswiththewomen.libsyn.com. That's filmswiththewomen.libsyn.com. Original music for the show was created by Ian Burke. Original artwork created by Nicole D'Alessio. This show is produced by Brennan Snyder. Thank you again for listening and enjoy your movies.